you tonight. Thank you, musicians. Uh, let me say this. Uh, we celebrate freedom in the United States. But freedom comes with responsibility. And I think a lot of church people are forgetting that. We have freedom in Christ. But our freedom in Christ comes with a lot of responsibility. A lot of Christians are not holding on to their responsibility. Uh, they're talking much about grace. But you need to realize that the Bible says grace comes with responsibility. Grace is freedom. He says the grace of God has appeared to every man. What is he doing? Teaching us that denying ungodliness, we must deny ungodliness and we must live for God. A lot of Christians these days are relying too much on the grace of God without realizing that there is responsibility tied to the grace. The grace has appeared to us and is teaching us to deny ourselves from sinful ways and live for God. And um, the grace is always there for us, uh, but we need to be responsible to that grace. Freedom comes with a price, and freedom is, comes with responsibility. That's what's happening to America today. A lot of people are claiming the freedom, and they are going the wrong direction with the freedom. Freedom to do whatever I want, that's not freedom. It's really freedom into bondage. And we need to realize that and walk the right path. And I will not quit from going that way because that's the only way to really find true freedom in God. You can't find true freedom unless you do, you follow God's grace. And God's grace will always put you in the right path. To, and that's where your blessings will come. That's when you truly feel free but going the other way is not the way to go um i'm feeling very strong about healing and uh, uh i don't know when it's going to be but what it is again with responsibility a lot of people want god to heal them and they have issues in their lives but no they don't want to take they don't want to take responsibility it's very important the, one of the key things, if you want to be healed, just hearing one Sunday morning message on healing is not good enough. It is a lot more than that. You have to realize what you're doing. It's the Spirit of God that walks through the Word of God that's going to heal you and put, put you on the right path. I believe there's going to be a lot of healing in our church. I don't know how long that's going to be. But beginning this Sunday morning, I'll start going towards it. And the message title is going to be different. But that's where I'm going. I've, I've been praying about it. I feel the Lord leading me to that. That's, uh, for some time, I've just let go of that because I'm a pastor. Uh, but that's what I believe God's called me to. And uh, I'm going to be teaching on healing. And now we, people are going to be healed. It's going to be, I'm not afraid of cancer. If you got cancer, you're going to get well. I have uh, testimonies of people that have been healed from cancer. spoke to a lady yesterday. She called me, and she's been calling me over the years with a brother that's sick in cancer, with cancer. 
in Florida. Uh, I thought she was a young lady, but then I found out she's probably about 70-something years old. She knows about what's going on in the church. I pray with her, and God answers. And the brother is still alive. When complications come, she calls. And I pray, and she comes back. Yeah, God has done it. So she called me yesterday, yesterday again. But I'm going to be going into that, and uh, I got a word from Pastor Al this day. She, he called me, and that was just a confirmation of what God is already speaking to me in the area of healing. And he's going to be starting here. So if you know friends who are hurting physically, please inform them when we start and let them come to church. I can't heal them, but God has given me a promise he'll heal them. I don't care what they have, and I don't care how long he's been in them. And for you, if you're sick, it's a condition, God's going to heal you. I just need you here. Amen. But tonight I'm going to start with a, a different message. And hopefully I can continue next week. I call this, I title this, The Power of Righteous Desire. The Power of Righteous Desire. Thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your people. It is your will that we have the good life. And you've given that to us. And Lord, I pray that you will give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. That we know above all things the hope of our calling. In Jesus' name. Amen. The power of righteous desire. I decided to go this way. She's starting... What's your desire? What do you want to see in your life? Are you just satisfied with what's going on in your life? Are you looking for something better? Can you do better? Or are you satisfied? What are your goals? What are your desires? If Jesus appears to you today and says, Son or daughter, what do you want me? What do you want from me? What do you want me to do for you? What would you say? Would you go, um, uh, give me a minute to think about it? If you do that, you don't have anything going on inside. There is no desire. But God walks through your desires. And many times, He is the one implanting the desires in you, if you are working with Him. He will implant desires that are bigger than you. And if you don't have desires that are bigger than you, you're not really working with God. He is the almighty God. If you don't see yourself in a place that's larger than where you are today, you have nothing for God almighty to work with. You get nothing. God does not work and do small things. He does things that we call miracles. And that's where your heart should be because you are born of God. And if you are born of God, you think like your father and he doesn't do little things. And so if you are measuring in the little things (laughs) and you're not thinking about measuring in the big things that are your minors now, you need to think. And change your ways. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says, 
I say this because this is century version, new century version. I say this, that's God speaking. I say this because I know what I am planning for you. God is planning something for you. And God says, I'm saying this because I know what I am planning for you, says the Lord. I have a good, I have good plans. I have good plans for you. Think about it. If God has good plans for you, have you discovered the plans he has for you? What do you know about these plans that he has for you? God says, I know what I am planning for you. Maybe you don't know it yet, but it would be good if you know them. I have good plans for you. If God is having a plan for you, he can't be human-sized plan, Right? He's got to be God-sized plan. And if your plan and the plans you're thinking about and the plans that really move you are human-sized plan, you don't have God-sized plan. You really don't have God's plans in your heart. And when God comes in the fullness of time to fulfill His plan, you're not ready. Because you don't have His plan in His heart. How can two walk together Except they are in agreement. You don't know what plans he has for you. But God says, I know what plans I have for you. I have good plans for you. Not evil plans, good plans for you. Not to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. And a good future. What's your life like now? Where God is saying, I have a good future for you. Not today. You're not supposed to look at what's happening to you right now. You're supposed to look at God's plan for your future. And he has good plans for you. And he has a good future for you. Regardless of what's happening to you today, God is speaking to every one of you today. That's why you're here. It's not by accident. You're not sure. This, is, this was planned from the foundations of the world. He wants you to hear it. And he wants you to take it to heart. Regardless of what's happening to you today and what you're going through today, regardless of the limitations you have in your life today, God, saying, God is saying to you tonight, it's like a word of prophecy, but this is a more sure word of prophecy. And God is saying, I have a good future for you. Amen. A good future. Nothing bad in it. God has that for you. But the question is, Jesus said, if you can only believe, all things are possible. You're calculating, how am I going to get this done? That's not your business. He has a plan for you, and He's going to bring all the resources to bear. He's going to bring the right people to come. He's going to bring the right people to bring their resources or put their resources into it because it's God's plan. And who is going to resist God's plan? God says, I know what I have for you. I have a good future for you. Your present may not be very bright, but the future is going to be great. And God cannot lie. He's asking you to believe it. 
Amen. It says, then you will, verse 12, then you will call my name. What's his name? Jesus. Amen. That's right. Call his name and he'll hear you. You will come to me and pray to me. That's so important that we're coming to that. After, when you get those hard desires in you, like Paul Yongicho says, when you begin to pray and I encourage you to pray in tongues, and the desire will grow even larger and bigger and greater to the point where you can't even sleep at night <laughs> because you're so excited. Especially when you are excited about it. And you know only the Spirit of God can fulfill this. And when it's done, everyone will know. No doubt. God is the one that did this. They will honor your God in you. Amen. <laughs> because they can see Him at work in you. They know it's from Him. I have a good plan for you, God says. I have a good future for you. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter the limitations today, God is asking you to believe in His plan for you and begin to desire that plan. That's why I call it the power of a righteous desire. Amen? Because it came from God. And it's in your heart. And God's going to fulfill it. Because it was his plan. He says, I'm not in doubt about the plans I have for you. I'm not confused about the plans I have for you. I know what it's like. I know the nature of it. It's a good plan. And a good future. Then you will begin to pray to me. And I will... Just impact your life with that desire. Infuse your life with the desire so that you and your desire become one. Even though it's in the future. Then you will call upon my name. Then you will come to me and pray to me and I'll listen to you. Because you are speaking his desire to him. You will search for me. And when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. So begin to think about what God has for you. And stop looking at your own resources. You know, let me tell you this. God will take the little you have. And that's what he's going to use as the beginning for your deliverance. Remember Moses? All he had was a shepherd's stick. You remember that? And what was their stick called later? It became the staff of God, right? They had to put it in the, the Ark of the Covenant, right? The box. That was Moses' stick. I don't think when Moses found that stick, he realized that stick was going to go into the Ark of the Covenant that no man can go in and see and still be alive. That stick was in there. But it was Moses' stick. He became what? God's stick. That God used. So it starts with the little that you have. When God calls you, Moses said, I can't speak. I'm so inadequate. Yeah, send somebody else. God said, I haven't seen anybody else. I'm sending you. What do you have in your hand? He said, just a stick. I'll use that stick to bring the deliverance. Moses said, is this stick? you got to be kidding. Well, put the stick down to demonstrate I'm going to do this. 
became a snake. He ran from his own stick. <laughs> and God said, come back, pick, pick, pick up your stick. And he's doing, that was the stick. <laughs> but God can do miracles. Sometimes we forget the God we're dealing with. You need to remind yourself constantly, this person you're dealing with. I do that all the time. I have to go back. This is the same God that walked with Abraham. Look how mighty. This is the same God that walked with Joseph. Look how many. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's the same God that I have. And I'm in the New Testament. And Jesus said, I have a better covenant. I have a better mediator. Hey, I got it made. <laughs> I got it made. I don't have to worry about anything. It's because we don't know His Word and we're concerned about little things, what people think, what people say, how they feel. Forget all of that. Stay close to your God. When God is through with you, your enemies will bow before you. Amen. They will see God's goodness in your life. You won't hurt them like Joseph didn't hurt his brothers. They know you are placed by God. And when God makes you, no one cannot make you. That's just the truth. God wants to bless his people. That's why he said this. This word, according to the Psalms, is forever settled in heaven. Forever. Those words that you heard tonight, forever in heaven, they are settled. They are in a room. If you can get in that room, you get it. Amen. You walk in there and clean it. And then pray to your God based on what you've heard. And watch what God will do with your life. We don't forget who we are in Christ. The same God of Joseph. Look at how he walked with David. We forget. We think that they were not men. These were ordinary men just like you and I. No different from us. With doubts and fears and all of that. But with God in their life. And with a positive righteous desire in your heart. God used them greatly. We serve the same God. The same God that walked with Peter is with me today. The same Holy Spirit that moved inside Peter and Paul is right here inside of me and inside of you. Who can stop us? We are limiting the Holy One of Israel. Because of all the crazy stuff and we're hearing outside. We don't stick with the book. We need to stick with what God says and don't be afraid. And know that nothing can come against your life. And destroy you. Because God is with you. He has a good plan for your life. You know in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 24. He says the fear of the wicked will come upon him. And the desire of the righteous will what? Be granted. The desires of the righteous will be what? Granted. If you have no desire... You don't want to accomplish anything. You don't, desire means it's something you don't have right now, right? You want something that will better your life and your family in the future. But I'm saying to you, don't make it a human-sized desire. Make it a desire that is bigger than you, bigger than your resources, bigger than your education, bigger than your job. Believe God. And God is already said, and again I say, that these words are already settled in heaven. 
forever settled in heaven. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted in this present life. But what are your desires? What do you want to accomplish? Where has God placed you? Are you looking for a larger place? God wants to grant your desire. Now the question is, who is a righteous man? Because that's settled. If you are a righteous person and you have a desire, your desire will be granted. That's why Christians shouldn't be talking, Christians shouldn't be speaking stupid words out of their mouth. You shouldn't be saying all crazy stuff. But this stuff is going to kill me. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you talking about is going to kill you? What are your desires? What are your desires? I don't know if I can do this. You better keep those things in. I don't even let them come out of your mouth. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bill. I don't know if I, what's going to happen. I don't know if this. Shut up. Listen to what God has already told, spoken to us. He says he has a good future for you. A good future means I can pay my bills. How? I don't know. God's going to help me pay my bills. So how come you're saying, I don't know what's going to happen. This thing is going to kill me. Oh, my children and all of that kind of stupid talk. My children are crazy. And my sister is insane. Those are not things that we should be speaking of. We should be speaking the things, positive, righteous desire. Because if it's negative, just like Susan said, he's negative. What do you desire? What do you want? You see, God wants to know what you want from him. You know the story of the man who was blind, you know, sitting by the street and he crying, you know, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, call him. Everybody knew who. They said, oh, he's calling for you. Your troubles are over. Rejoice. He heard you now. You've screamed enough, okay? <laughs> because he was yelling. He yelled and yelled and the people said, this is a noisemaker. Be quiet. And then he yelled even louder. And then Jesus said, call him. And they said, be of good cheer. He calls for you. No, no, don't worry anymore. Your troubles are over. He's calling for you. Why not you? Why not you? Just for that man in Bible days, he is better off than us because he lived while Jesus walked the earth. Jesus said, you are better if you believe and you haven't seen him. Is that not what he told Thomas? We are better off. But they called for that man. And the fellow, the everyone around says, oh boy, he's calling for you. Your troubles are over. Be of good cheer. He calls for you. Be happy. But it's the same Jesus, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's calling for you. With your problem. But he got to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Everybody say, huh? Did you hear that? He's asking him what he wanted. We know he wants to see. What's the problem? But God wants to know what you desire. Amen? What do you want? What's your desire? He can see it. He said, God, I know you already know. He says, your heavenly father knows, but he still tells you to pray. He got to come out of him. Let him know. That's why he said, 
my plans for you, they are good. They're good for you. But then you need to come and pray to me, right? You need to speak to me, talk to me, because he will put that desire there, make it, and establish it in you, and then fulfill it. But he needs you to voice your desire, have the desire. He says, what do you want? In other words, he was saying, what's your desire? And the fellow said, huh? I want to see. <laughs> and Jesus, you got it. The same he's calling for you. What's your desire? The desires of a righteous man shall what? Be granted. Settled in heaven. But many times we don't have any much desire. We are only struggling with the problems we have. You see? Your day-to-day life is based on what's happening to you and how to solve your problems. But what's your future like? What do you desire? Overlook what's happening and go into your future. And live in the future in God. And God will, that's called faith. And God will bring you there. Yes. He'll even help you to manage today. <laughs> even though things are difficult. But you know what your future is like. And you know who holds your future. And he's going to take you there. To your promised land. Even though things may be difficult. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. So who is a righteous man? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become what? The righteousness of God in him. Are you born again? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, if you have, you are a righteous man. The only problem is you don't have any desire. Because the desire of a righteous man shall be granted. Stop dealing with the day-to-day issues. Do what you can. But that's not where your desire is. Get your desire God's size. Bigger than you. See yourself bigger. And that's real faith. And that's what pleases God. Everyone who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is what? A rewarder of those who diligently. But what are you diligently seeking him for? Your desire, right? That's what you're seeking him. That's why he said, you will come and you pray to me. You will search for me with all your heart because you know your desire. He's planted it into your heart. Now you're coming and searching to, for him and say, you got to fulfill these desires. And God says, granted. And once it comes out of him, granted, you got it. He'll get all the people together. They won't even know why they're doing it for you. So your desires you're a righteous man because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. And he's not asking your opinion. He tells you that. He became sin. Who knew no sin? We are his righteousness. In Isaiah 54, verse 17, he says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, you shall condemn This is the heritage of the servants of God. And their righteousness is of me. So your righteousness, you can't get better than that. Pastor's righteousness can't beat yours. They're the same. Amen? I don't care who he is. 
We all have the same righteousness. The question is desire. That's the difference. Some righteous people have great desires. Other righteous people want to eat with pigs. I don't know why. They're rebelling. It just depends on what you want to do. But the desires of the righteous shall be granted. What I like to say is this. Let the word of God guide your desire. Let God's word guide your desire. In other words, formulate your desire around God's word. What you want in life, that's what it is. Formulate what you want in our life based on what you see from God's word. Then you have a righteous desire. You see, if you're desiring to do something great and it's just coming out of you without the word of God, people see it. It's just pride. And you're not getting there. But if it's born out of God's word, the fire from heaven will fall upon that desire and God will accomplish it. So guide your desire based on God's word. Jesus says it this way. I don't think I gave it, but John 15, verse 7. John 15, verse 7. It says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You know what his words going to do in you? Give you God-sized desire. That's the truth. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you what desire. And what will happen? And it shall be granted, or it shall be done for you. Not what God desires, when His word is abiding in you, His word, I know the plans I have for you. To give you a good future. Then you will come and you will seek, search for me with all of your heart. And when you find him, you find your heart's desire. If my words abide in you. If you abide in me, not this flaky stuff. Today you're in, tomorrow you're out. We have to call you and beg you to come back to church. And then you're back out again. We'll chase after you. You're not abiding in him. And certainly his words are not abiding in you. You are more interested in something out there. That's not him. But if you are interested in him, and his word is abiding in you, his words will begin to formulate these desires. And you'll never let go of those desires. They grow in you. That's why Jesus said, whatever you desire... As you pray, it will be done for you. It will be done for you. A righteous desire, born out of God's word. You see, God will give you something as you read, and you begin to formulate, this is true. This is for me today. Why can't I be there? I, that's, my, that's my heritage. This is what God said. And you establish it, and God will, God will do that. I've always said here, 
the Lord is my shepherd. I am just, just I'm not quoting scriptures. I, I really believe in that. I may not have everything, but the days uh, where we will feed our children uh, noodles, that's over. That's over. I had to go through that. We had to go through that, I believe, so that I know what it is to be there. But that's not where you're going to be. That's not where you're going to be. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Period. No matter what. If, as long as Jesus is my shepherd, I don't, it's not going to happen. I don't care what happens to the U.S. economy. I don't care what happens to the world. My desire is to let God's word abide in me. And as his words abide in me, when troubles come, I'll go and call on his name. And tell him my heart's desire, based on his word that says, The Lord is my good shepherd. I shall not want. And that word is settled forever in heaven. It's settled. If it's settled in heaven, and I believe it, we are walking on earth, it's not going to happen. Those days are over. I had to go through that to learn how to believe God's word. And even though things are difficult, today you can start saying that. You say, well... It's going to be a promotion in my job. That may not be God's path for you. You don't know. But all you have to do is believe the word. And God will bring all the stars together. To bring you to your heart's desire. Your destiny. If my words abide in you. So you let God's word abide in you. I'm going to read this scripture and I'm going to quit when I start again next week. Because I'm not through. I have a lot I want to share with you. Uh, God spoke to Abraham. But let me give you an insight here. When God was calling Abraham, okay, that the word is, he looked at the earth and he chose Abraham, right? He picked him for himself. And Abraham was the first one that experienced God's righteousness given to him. Read Romans chapter 4. He says, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So he experienced God's righteousness. In other words, in the same way Abraham was called by God, that's how he called you. You may not see it that way, but that's the way it is. That's the way it is. That's why we are called children of Abraham. God called you in the same way he called Abraham. You can, God can be called by your name, just like he did with Abraham. He called Abraham to himself, and Abraham believed him, and God called that is Abraham's righteousness. And all of us know Abraham wasn't righteous for himself. He lied about his wife, remember that? And the first time I read that, I said, well, that's a liar then, don't kid. <laughs> How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? He lied once, he was a liar. But God, he believed in God. And God called him righteous because he was called by God. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I 
chose you. And I ordained you. Think about how special you are. He called you. He picked you just like he picked Abraham. He picked you out of the world and he ordained you for himself. You're special. Say it. I am special. Yeah, not in you, okay, but in God. Amen. (laughs) You're special. He picked you out of them. So the same call that he had for Abraham, that's the call for your life. The same call. No different. I got to study what he was saying to Abraham the first time he called him. Because my destiny is in there. Amen. The same thing is there for me. That's why I don't bother about people who want to insult me. <laughs> You're just causing more trouble for yourself. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't have to pray about it. I'll bless you, but you're causing more trouble for yourself. Amen. I believe this thing strongly in my heart by the grace of God. Amen. But look at what it says. In Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3, I will make you a great nation. I will, what, bless you and make your name great. God is telling Abraham here, I'm calling you, this is what I'm going to do with you. Most people just want to live in that little community, just my family. Stop all that nonsense. Think of something bigger than yourself. You may not be known all over the world, but they can know you in Calvary. Because you've done a good work there. Amen? Bringing people to Christ. And doing great things for God. Many times we see God doing things and we say, well, that's, that's that man. That's being in him. But he's just a man. Why can't God use you as well? What made him different from the rest of us? He had a desire and he cried out to God and God gave him his heart's desire. What's your desire? What do you want to accomplish in life? You're just satisfied in getting this little car and this and all of that, things, things, things. No. You can do more for God. He says, I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. You will be a blessing to people. People will benefit from your life. People will receive benefit, both material benefit, mental benefit, physical benefit from your life. You are a blessing. I can lay my hands on somebody and they've been suffering for days and weeks and that brings healing to their life. That's a blessing for them. Because God called me and he called you the same. You are a blessing. It's not just material things. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I curse them, curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's you. People can receive blessing by you showing up. You coming into an office, and God will begin to do things in that family, office, one individual at a time, and what they receive from you, they take home, and their family is blessed. And that family and another family, through you, every family on the earth is going to be blessed. I receive that. My life can influence families. And when I'm gone, my life is still influencing families because Jesus is with me. He says, you shall be a blessing. In Genesis 24, the servant of Abraham was bragging on his master. Because God told his master when he called him, you, I'm going to bless you. 
and, and his servant was trying to get a wife for, for, for Isaac, his son. You remember Rebecca? And, and, and as soon as he got there, uh, he saw that God had answered his prayer. And, 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 and Rebecca was the girl. And, and he went around just bragging. He, he just put a lot of gold on this girl. And everybody was, huh? What's going on? And he put a gold on the brother, the brother-in-law, <laughs> Abraham's nephew, whoever that was. Rebecca's a brother. Rebecca's father, right? Lebanon. Yeah. He put the gold, gold and the gold, and they're looking, boy, there's something here. And then he started bragging. In Genesis 24, verse 34, he says, so what? He said, I am Abraham's servant. Can you imagine? He is glad to be Abraham's servant. I am Abraham's servant. I'm sure they wondered, who is this guy? He said, let me introduce myself to you. I think you guys think I'm a big shot, but I'm telling you. I am Abraham's servant. And he said, the Lord has blessed my master. What? But that's what God told him before, right? I'm going to bless you. And you will be a, a blessing. And you have the same call upon your life because God called you as well. You just don't know it. Oh, I haven't acted on it. Every time you hear the word of God and you believe it and you act on it, you activate the power that's in it. The message of the gospel is power to God, from God to everyone who believes. The power is released when you believe it and you act on it. He said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he has become what? Is that not what God told him? I will make your name great. He has become great. He was not great when God called him, but over time, God has blessed him. Now, he has become what God told him. The desire God planted in him, because he wanted to be great. That's why he left, to follow God, right? He heard the word, he says, that sounds good. I'm coming, God, I'm going with you, wherever. I want to be great. He says, he has become what? Great. And he has given him, not only he has become great, God also added stuff. He has given him flocks and herds. That's businesses. I've said that here before. A lot of businesses. Silver and gold, he has a lot of money. He has employees, male and female servants. He has camels, he has a lot of cars and donkeys. He even has uh, those cars, camels, and that was the Rolls Royce. And some Mercedes Benz around his house. That's what he was saying. Amen? Why would you mention camels and donkeys? Why not horses? In their time, to have a camel was, they read, is big deal. Because you have to water them. You got to have a lot of servants to water That was his Rolls Royce. Yes. Camels and donkeys. It's Mercedes Benz that they rode on. <laughs> Stand up with me tonight. <laughs> but you see, 
the funny thing for us is we look at ourselves and we're looking at our resources and we're looking at what's happened to us over time and how many years things have been this way and we forget God and we're doing calculation on what we're dealing with. But God wants to do a miracle. He wants to show the world who He is. He said, you are the light of the world. In other words, they see your life. They can say, yeah, I know there is a God. I see what God is doing. I want that. Because your family is blessed. Your children are doing well. You're doing well since they've been going to church. Something good about that. I told you about stories in Africa where this Muslim man watches this kid, this man going to church and God just started increasing him. He Muslim man said, I'm going to that church. I don't care. I'm going to church. I need what that man has that's bringing all these things into his life. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. That's the blessing that the world needs. Don't look at yourself. Remember, you are the righteousness of God in Him. Because Jesus took your sins. You have nothing to prove to anybody. Why not just accept that? And accept that He has a good plan and a good future for you. Accept that tonight. And that's what you want to talk to Him about. I need you to pray to Him. And let Him know that you believe His word. Repeat His word back to Him. And tell Him that you believe it. And you're looking for that good future. Amen? Bow your heads. I'll give you some time to pray before God. Whatever you need from the Lord and whatever your desire is, lay it at the altar today. Don't come back and take it back. Lay it at the altar. Let it be a living sacrifice. And let God take that desire and make something great out of it. That will not only bless your family, that will bless everyone around you. Families will be blessed because of what God is doing in your life. You will give to those who are hurting and you'll help them. Come out because you are a blessing. God made you that. You didn't make yourself. Lord God, you have heard the, you've heard. We've heard your word tonight. And we know that forever your word is settled in heaven. And your word says, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And God, you are not a respecter of persons. But everywhere in the world, where people truly believe your word and they act on it, you give them your miracles as you promised in your word. Release the power of your word the promises in your word upon your people tonight and let us discover our great future thank you father in jesus name and god's people said amen god bless you